Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coleman, sitting in my safe house on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. What's going on with you? Oh, uh, you know, just uh, grinding through the week, Manny. Um, yeah, yeah. We've been having a lot of torrential rain here in New Orleans. It's uh, stopped at the moment. And then last night we had uh, termite swarms over in my neighborhood. <laughs> You've been having oh, those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had them too. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the plagues, the biblical plagues are, are still continue, roll down. the And I, and I, saw, I saw that uh, this is the big year for the cicada brood, the, the big uh, brood X, brood Yeah, 10. well, every 18 or 19 years, uh, right. those, 17, those yep. fucking uh, uh, cicadas, 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 they come yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, they come <laughs> out, and they're very loud. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I really don't. I don't know what they do. Do they kill crops or do they? Uh, mm, I don't know. I don't know. That need they need a shot, to, you know, to defend against them. Or I don't no. know what they do, but I just know they're very loud. They are. They are. Now, did you have those in California when you were growing up? I don't remember them. To be okay. honest with you, I don't remember them. I just remember like every uh, every three months there would be mariachi bands just playing. <laughs> <laughs> for is no that, reason whatsoever is, okay, I, I then somehow you, there's a parallel there between the cicadas yeah. and the mariachis yeah, right in front of my house for some reason <laughs> okay okay well you know you you are mexican so you know yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, yeah so i don't know i so the cicadas uh cicadas uh, well, you know, i don't know much about them when when i was a kid uh we had uh a lot of you know, in New Orleans, we had a lot of oak trees right across the street from us. So, you know, we would uh, see them, me and my next door neighbor, when we were uh, kids, uh, we would uh, go out at dusk and, and those little creatures would be climbing up the tree in their their uh, larval stage, you know, the bug stage. And you could they move very slowly, so you could pick them off the tree and... Uh, he had a terrarium that we would put them in. It had a screen top and a glass front on it. And then we would, they'd have some wood in there and we would let them molt inside of the little terrarium and let the, their, they'd crawl out of that shell and, you know, their wings would be all wet and they would dry out over the course of a day or so. So then you'd have a, a captured adult cicada in there and, we could uh, reach in and, and grab him with your hand and, and he would tie a kite string around the cicada's uh, trunk and you could actually fly him out around like a, like a kite, you know, except it would fly off and then let him fly around for a while and you could reel him back in and put him back in the cage. It was kind what of are a, you, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs? Uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't torturing them, you know. It was, uh, we were just... Uh, <laughs> you you love them. You nurtured a, them. Yeah, and you love them and all that. Was, okay. Yeah, kind of a pet, you know. As long like, as you're not kidnapping fat chicks, that's okay. No, 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 no. And, uh, and we, would, we never killed them. We would uh, let them go after, uh, you know... So you were more like out. Rain Man, right? Is that it? I don't know. I don't know what movie I would relate it to, really. Um, well, it's a, a fond childhood memory I have there. Uh, you know, kids entertain them, entertaining themselves. That was before we had uh, the internet, and uh, you could go on and, and look at porno at will. Well, you know, so I, I, was, to, I was just buying dime bags then. 
Okay. <laughs> well, we were uh, a little bit before where anybody was buying dime bags in my neighborhood, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might have started buying dime bags earlier had we not had these these diversions. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what's going on with you this week, Manny? Well, I I found out that the uh, the oldest woman in America, she died, and she was 116 years old. Wow. I mean, that's amazing. That's old. Yeah. You know, I had a great-grandmother who lived to be 104. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she, uh, she rolled her own cigarettes till the day she died. Really? So she was sharp the whole time? I mean, she oh, was... Oh, uh... well, as far as I can remember, yeah, she was sharp. Okay, and, nice. You know, but uh, you know what killed this 116-year-old woman? No. When everyone said, surprise! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the shock, the shock of yeah. The, of the well, moment. they gave her a surprise party, and it shocked the hell out of her, and she died. Right so, now, is, um, now one hundred and four. That's uh, could could you imagine yourself living to be one hundred and four, even Manny? God, I hope not. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's. We would only be a little. We would be just beyond the halfway point if if we were to have to live that long. That uh, right. Well, seems you know. like a burden, kind of. No, a burden to everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I only have one kid. I don't want to be a burden on her whatsoever. In fact, she's already like, you know. She's you had know, enough of you as it is. Yeah, as, as it is. She's <laughs> had enough of me. I mean, like I think I said this before, the, the, the wife and I are sleeping in shifts. Right, because, right. Because uh, of just because our teenage daughter, you know, but uh, she's okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's all good. It's all so the so, so your job is winding down at all, or what's going on on campus on the the, uh, the big oh, university campus? Oh, it's the best campus? part of the year, um, uh, you know, because uh, 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 the the mascot is the the, the wave, the green mm. wave is the mascot, right? And this time of the year, they have this thing because everyone's graduating or they're going home, and they have this thing called wave goodbye, and that's my favorite part. Say. Like, Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Don't have to deal you fucking rich fucking brats for another four months, you know? <laughs> sure, go. sure. Go. I can see that. Just I go, see that. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a busy time because they're all um, – I have to deal with a lot of um, – The textbooks. Textbooks, yeah. Right. And, but, and, and these kids uh, – I, I fear the future because I, I, I listen to some of these kids and, I, and I'm like, really? You just yeah. said that? Yeah, you just, I don't understand what you're saying. How can you be in college? Yeah. You know, how did you make it this far? <laughs> They're going to be taking you, care of us in a couple of yeah, years. Oh, my yeah, God. You know, you're going you're gonna to decide my future? Well, right. I fear the future very much. Right, right. You're not... Um, it's like, um, remember that that movie Caddyshack? Mm-hmm. Sure, Great where movie. they had the big golf tournament at the end, the private, you know, between the two teams and whatever. Right. And Roddy Dangerfield's going, I can't believe I'm uh, I'm I'm playing so bad. I'm playing so bad. And Chevy Chase looks at him and says, um, You're not um, you're not good, are you? <laughs> and, and basically that's the way i feel about all these kids that i have to deal with i look at them and go you're not um you're not uh, you're not smart are you i don't know how you got here but you're just not you're just not you're just not smart 
Yeah, it's not not yeah. the kids on scholarship. It's the uh, kids paying full freight, I would imagine. Yeah, huh? well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 it's like I just go because uh, you know my part of the deal right now is that renting books is really huge now in college campuses. You can mm-hmm. rent you can rent chapters of books or pages of books. Okay, and um, so these kids rent these books are basically their parents rent them for them. Right. And you say, okay, you're, rent- you're returning these rental books, just like you return a rental car or whatever like that. What is the best way to figure out uh, to, to return it under your contract is what is your phone number? And they don't know their phone number. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's like, what is your phone number? Um, and they have to look in their phone for it. Or yeah. I say, okay, yep. uh, you know, was it your mom or dad's phone number? And they're like, I don't know. And then it just it's just so it's just it's it's about two weeks of just mayhem. Really you need to need to have it pinned to their shirt like a kindergarten kid. Well, yeah. Know. It's just like it's like it's like it's this is the end of the semester. And the beginning of the semester is the same way because they come in to, to the to store or to the department. They say, I need, a, I need a book for my science class. I said, okay, well, what's the name of the book? And they say, I don't know, but it's blue. <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, the book is blue. I saw a picture of the book, and it's blue. Well, that doesn't help me whatsoever. Mm, it's a, a starting you know? place, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and it's basically, it's like, um, it's like uh, the guy who's majoring in Sanskrit. You know, a dead language. You right. know, get in the back of the fucking line. I don't want to deal with you. Uh, you know, just go in the back <laughs> of the line. <laughs> you know, you're majoring in Sanskrit, a dead language. How are you, what, are you going to work at Blockbuster? Yeah, yeah. Which doesn't yeah. exist <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dead language for a dead company, yeah. sure. Why not? Yeah, exactly. You know, so anyway, that's what's going on this week. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, t- I saw your son today, actually. Okay. All right, nice. He's uh, looking healthy. I, I assume I saw him. I saw him yesterday. We had the big Mother's Day. Uh, was that yesterday? Day before yesterday. Yeah, we had a big Mother's Day gathering. So uh, yeah, he was. So was, how was that? It was fun. It was great, man. Everybody's vaccinated. Uh, we're all at my sister's house, and I uh, barbecued. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was lovely. What did you cook? Uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, sausage. Um, oh. potato salad somebody made did, it was did your thing. mom say she said she loved you yes my mother always she tells did? me she loves me yes my mother is very demonstrative to make up for my father but your dad won't right no 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 you know he's he's <laughs> there i can see it in his eyes that i guess he loves me or he likes me or he knows who i am anyway um because father's day is next month right yeah 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 well that's that's the, and i'll be home for this one usually i'm i'm gone you know i've told you that story i i always uh you know i'm in the, riding in the van with the band and i'll call my father right in front of everybody and I, at the end <laughs> i go uh well i love you dad and he'll go thank you <laughs> okay he'll go okay all right okay we'll talk to you later 
<laughs> and then and I hang up and the band's just shaking their heads, cracking up, you know, because it's so predictable. Well, s- speaking of love, Manny, I was playing a gig last week and this uh, the drummer in the other band that, that was on the gig, he, he he's talking to me ahead of time. He goes, hey, man, I really love y'all's podcast. I was like, oh, that's really nice, man. We're talking a bit. And then the next day he was texting me. I said, hey, by the way. Um, where'd you hear about the podcast? And he, without a, without a missing a beat, he answers prison. <laughs> <laughs> Good demographic. Said, yeah, that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said, uh, uh, I said, I really like. Well, that you know, I know Gusman's a big fan of the show, really? so maybe he heard, he heard it from Gusman. Okay, well, we have to try yeah. to get him on uh, if he if he loses his his uh, position. You know, uh, well, but he's got some know, stories he, to tell. Some he's to tell. got the greatest quote ever: uh, "Give me my prison back." Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> fucking asshole! What a fucking mm. jerk that guy is. Well, that's cool. I, I'm. Yeah. Uh, that's cool that prisoners. Uh, and you know, I, a shout out to all those con- convicts in the OPP, or maybe up in Angola. Yep, yep. I don't know. Uh, these guys are doing hard time, and if we can give them some entertainment, you know, yeah. that's that's okay. And I'm glad they're list- letting them listen to podcasts in prison. Yeah, that's a yeah, cool yeah. Thing. You know, we're 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 uh, we're a company for a lot of shut-ins. You know, a lot of people that don't have a lot of human contact. You know, they know they can tune in for us every week, and they kind of get to know our personalities. And you know, for better or worse, they uh, you know it's something to look forward to. And they we bring in these scintillating guests that uh, you know they they wouldn't come across in their normal lives. Well, maybe, maybe we can work out a deal with the prisons and the Velo Bar for these guys. You know, oh, yeah. that, you know we'll talk yeah. about that later. Right, you know? right, right. That would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, we'll have to see some some outreach, community outreach. Well, so right. other than that, uh, just just played uh, played a big Susan Cowsill gig uh, over the over the weekend, and then I had a couple of rehearsals for a uh, an Ed Volker gig. Ed Volker, the piano player from the Radiators. He, uh, with the iguanas sometimes back him up in, uh, on his own gigs. And we have one of those coming up on Thursday. Again, right in your neighborhood, right at the, the broadside, Manny. I could uh, put you on the guest list if you'd like to come see that gig. Sure, why not? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I thought you were going to just dismiss it out of hand, but okay. Well, I could. I, put me in plus two. And, and, but the thing is, you invite me to a gig, and I, you don't know what you're going to get, man. No, I know. I know. I know. You know, I could I could be screaming at you the whole show, going, Renee, Renee, Renee. Well, we will have security if we if we need to uh, to to run you out of there. There'll be people to do it, Manny. It would be like my high school graduation. Okay. Where uh, where uh, my good friend Dick Rude during the whole commencement was just screaming my name for two hours. Oh, Jesus. He screamed my name for two hours, and my grandfather was uh, screaming the name Contreras for two hours, which means rebel. Hmm. He was because I at my graduation, I uh, they gave you the diploma and then a rose, and I bit the rose and I spit it out up in the air, and then I uh, I fondled the vice president, uh, the vice principal, I mean. Nice principal. Nice guy. 
Yeah. Oh, she was. She was all right. <laughs> oh, it's a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. She was, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't do that. You know. Well, I don't know. It's very <laughs> punk rock. Very punk rock. Okay. Well, it's a uh, criminal almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was because uh, they refused to give me my real diploma until I came back to the school and apologized. Yeah, I could see that. You I know. Could see that. And I said, uh, I you know, and the funny thing was, the vice principal was a good friend of my mom's. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it's a it's all, all good times. It's all good in the family. Times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good times. Right. Yeah. Well, Manny, should we uh, bring our guest into this mix here? I hear him. I hear him there rattling around. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Let's bring him in. Yes. Yes. Because he's exciting to me. Yes. Yes. He's an exciting guy. He's uh he's a a great trombone player. I've known him for many years. He played on one of our our, uh, our earlier iguana records. Uh, he's uh anyway a trombone player, a band leader, arranger. He's a co-founder of uh, Bonarama. Uh, he's had a bunch of other bands, Mule Bone. He uh, solo gigs he goes out and and has the levy horns anyway we'll get into all these details but without further ado the great mark mullins welcome mark what's happening man how you doing renee good Randy. man good i'm all right so bonorama i mean how does that name does that mean you guys just have a hard-on constantly yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say uh so you're talking about your dick right that's a, <laughs> Pretty it's a, it's a, dick, a, a dick reference pretty much like you know let's 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 come up with a band name that people will run like run like hell away from the stage when, when they see it listed on the festival guide, like all the guys are like saying, I am not going to see that band. I'm not going to see Bonorama. I don't care what it is, you know? And then when they, when they do get uh, like our demographic, our guys, our audience is like older, older guys. And they've, they've pretty much probably, uh, you know, They've just gotten past it or whatever. They don't care about the name. They just figure it out. Oh, I see. It's the trombone. You know, it's named after the right. trombone, of course. Right. But uh, man, when you see it listed on a on a bill, it's like you you don't know what it is, man. Yeah, You're looking for the chicken dentals or something. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like the. Well, know. it's almost. I mean, uh, when I hear it, I think of the chili, red hot chili peppers, when they did the socks on the cocks. <laughs> right, you know? right. And we actually, yeah. on our first album, did a, we did a nude, uh, all the guys in the band were naked, and we were covering ourselves up with our horns, basically, is what it was. Right. And it was oh, almost cool. the tip of the hat to that. But uh, it, we had five trombones or six trombones when we started, and so it's multiple trombones up at the front of the stage, and we all call ourselves bone players, so... It was named after that, obviously, with the recognition that people would misunderstand it. <laughs> and if they did, right, but it's right. just too bad. Uh, yeah, you know, it's kinky. We like that. Yeah, yeah. Mark, are, are you from New Orleans? I was raised uh, out in Metairie, <laughs> which is not New Orleans. Yeah, but, close um, enough. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, and I was not born in Louisiana. I was actually born in New Jersey, honestly. Uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, about an hour outside of Manhattan. And my family moved down here because my dad is from Mississippi. My dad kind of grew up in New Orleans in his teens mm -hmm. and he wanted to move the family back down south. And so um, that's what we did. And so I've been down here, gosh, since 72. 
since I was like four years old. I'm like 53 right now. So okay, now so where'd you go to high school there? In, I went to Grace King, otherwise known as the girls' school, public school in Metairie. At that, you know, for older people, uh, until it went to coed. And when it went to coed, I was one of the first ones. I was one of the first guys. You know that. Man, I was going to go to EJ like my brothers. I didn't get to go to EJ like all the cool guys, you know. Like I had to go to Grace King, but actually I liked Grace King. It was it was cool. Yeah, it had I all had the to... girls. That's 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 where you wanted to be, man. <laughs> did have yeah. all the girls, obviously. And they had a great band director there that kind of helped shape shape my path a little bit. Who was that? Carl Helmers. Uh Okay. He he was a he was a great public school band director. Um he's retired now. He's still around. I, Almost ninety percent sure. And Wasn't uh, Richard Simmons the principal? <laughs> no, he was the band leader of Bonarama before I got involved. But oh, wow. um, no, Richard Simmons, Francis Rivette, Florence Rivette, Mrs. Rivette, because I got called to the principal's office a couple times by her. Okay. Um, yeah, skipping school and just once or twice, but uh, Rivette, uh-huh. I want to say. Yes. Now then, then so you graduated from Grace King. Did you go to to college somewhere? Did you go to Loyola here in town? I did. I went to Loyola and studied there, and uh, it was kind of cool because I was studying. I was a music major. I was a music education major for about five days, and then Matt Lemler uh-huh. and I we started. Matt Lemler was you know a great piano player in New Orleans. Sure. Um, and <laughs> he was just getting there when I was on my way out. So I guess uh, had, had I stayed in school, we might have. No, I would have been gone by then anyway. But, uh, yeah, we must have just uh, missed each other by a couple of years there. Oh, OK, well, Matt, Matt and I had a talk on like day five of the first year of school, you know, like and we're like, we're not doing music education major. I, I just don't think that's really what we want to do. And, and we both convinced each other like on the spot right there. I'll never forget the moment, you know, we <laughs> switched to music performance, which is essentially a worthless degree, but wanted to get a degree. And I wanted to study with all those great people that they had there at the time. And, and that was really cool. But the other cool thing about going to Loyola was being in new Orleans and getting involved in like the live music stuff going on. in New who, Orleans. who were the great people there at the oh, time? Oh man. Well, you know, one name that probably nobody knows uh, is Richard Erb. Um, he was the bass trombone guy in the symphony for years right. and years. And he was like, he's this legendary trombone teacher that was based here in New Orleans. People would come from all over to study with him. He would go to Canada in the summer to teach students. He was an in-demand guy and he was right here under our roof quietly, you know, and he was, he changed my whole thing on playing the trombone. Even though it was classical stuff, he gave me the tools to be able to play any kind of music I wanted to play on that instrument. And uh, Did he go to Canada to not face the justice here in the United States? He was, he was a draft stuff? dodger, actually. He was a draft yeah. dodger. <laughs> he, he was a good dude though, man. And he was, he's, he's still around. Um, and then Tony DeGrotti, we had Rick Margitza was a graduate student at the time. We had all these amazing players uh, down, you know, involved right there. And John Mahoney uh, was 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 leading the whole thing. So trombone player himself, yeah, yeah. Really good time to be there. So I enjoyed it, but I was also playing like in this cover band, Rum Boogie, with my friend Dave Ferrado and some other folks. Right, I was going to ask you about that. So that was because uh, you're still involved with with Dave Ferrato, and 
uh, I think John Groh was in that band as well. Was that correct? And he was it, after after a while. We John did get involved. Yeah, and and it was a it was a fun band. It was like going to a second school, you know, for all of us because we kind of learned this whole learned this whole catalog of music that we weren't really exposed to before. Dave had this vision of putting a psychedelic horn band together. This is 1985, and I was like just just walking out of high school, and he's like you know todd gray was a trumpet player that was involved and he was leaving todd gray look i grew up with you know willard gray's his father yeah right willard gray and my father have been friends since their kids since their wow. children oh and that's they played and they played in all their their high school bands together and you know <laughs> they're still and so Todd and I grew up together. I remember the the whole Gray family. They had uh, there were yeah, like a, like four or five redhead kids, which I was mm-hmm. obsessed with redheads. And uh, there was a whole slew of them there. Anyway, go on. That no, that's exactly right. And Todd got me involved with this, and and t- but he he left town. I want to say he was only involved for a short while, and then all of a sudden, I I was kind of the guy to do the arrangements and the horn arrangements, and I had no experience really doing that so much i did some arranging in high school like for the high school band but like so you know dave would say i want to do fire by Jimi hendrix i want to do all these all these obscure like classic rock stuff stuff Mm -hmm. beyond that that i i had never ever heard about talk talk like all these all these songs and i and a lot of them did not have horns in them to begin with and he's Mm -hmm. like we want you to come up with something or he might have a line you know like he would sing to me that I would that I would write and harmonize and then kind of arrange throughout the song as the song would build. So I learned so much in that band from Dave and from learning this catalog and getting exposed to it. At the same time, I was going to Loyola. It was really great. And just be able to have an opportunity to, to practice your writing, you know, where you had a, yeah. a place where you could have people play it, but then it was like... Uh, you know, you were not so much scrutiny, I mean, of scrutiny, but but yeah, just a, a, a field to develop in. There was a lot of scrutiny. Oh, yeah. No, like the, the laughter at some of the horn parts, you know, yeah. <laughs> to hear like a trombone play, like a whole lot of love, the, 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 the big Jimmy Page gliss down, you know, like to have a trombone emulated. Didn't go so well the first few times. And it, we, <laughs> we learned what worked and what didn't work kind of quickly. Uh there was definitely scrutiny, Okay, <laughs> but right, it, it was nice. good. It was good scrutiny, you know, but a good back training ground. Oh, yeah. definitely, man. There's definitely. termite swarms. Are you guys? Oh, termite swarms right I tell now? you, man, Turn off your lights right now. I'm man. telling you, yeah, they just get inside. I don't know how they get inside. They yeah. got to keep the lights off. man. Yeah, yeah that's I, the thing. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, attract you them. You got to keep the lights off. Hopefully man, your neighbors keep their lights on. They all. Well, I don't care about my neighbors. It's just my tenant. I keep reminding my tenant and right. he's pretty good about it. Yeah. I got to remind my, you want to hear something crazy about my tenant? Sure. Um, just last, what was it? Last Tuesday. Um, this is crazy going nuts. Um, Around 4.30, and I was just getting home, uh, my tenant, who wasn't home, had a buddy of his drop off a painting and a bag of artwork. Yes, you and, actually told that story on the last podcast. Oh, That's did I? Did I already? Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, to conclude, what happened mm-hmm. is um, that the, the police 
like always, have not busted anyone, and they haven't found the car mm. or anything like oh, that. Geez. It's it's a horrible thing. I mean, this city, God, yeah, it's like the yeah, crime is crime is uh, is uh, yeah, boom, uh, booming horrible. back, booming back. Yeah, well, they wanted to get back to normal. Right, Good luck. right, right, right. Good luck with that. And I mean, if I could hit a number, I'd fucking leave this town in a second. All right, man. well, fingers crossed, man. I hope 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 that uh, you know we, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we need to happens. see you leave, but uh, you know, I, I, I want you to be happy. Me, I want you to be happy, Manny. No, I'll never be happy in this town. Well, Fuck I'm saying I want that. you to be happy, so if I want you to go somewhere where you will be happy. Well, all um, right, yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so so Mark, uh, how do you want? So you 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 wind up spending 16 years in Harry Connick Jr.'s band. How do you wind up getting in that band? <laughs> the day I graduated college, I mean, it was like a, it was like some textbook stuff. Uh, I talked to his manager and firmed up like the official deal to go on the road with his first touring band. And Mm -hmm. it it started literally a month after, after college. And it was just unreal. I I actually auditioned in my underwear, which was really interesting in my apartment, not in front of people, but is he the asshole that everyone says he is? (laughs) I'll say this, man, he's the hardest working dude. I think I've probably ever seen in my life and that I've ever worked with, except for my dad. My dad is the hardest working dude I've ever seen. He was a trim carpenter. He's still here. He's 92, but Harry, Harry's the hardest working musician that I think I've ever been around. I've never seen, I've never seen like the talent level musicianship and when he puts a band around him, you know, he's got expectations. Well, he has to work and, hard because he stinks. Yeah. So he has to work hard. <laughs> he's he's actually, man, behind all that stuff that, like, you see, behind that facade, he's a really 100% authentic, talented, talented dude, man. Like, yeah, really, yeah, really serious guy. But he doesn't always come off like that maybe on the front couple of levels, you know. But it's there. And he can be tough, though. We had some tough times in the early days of the big band, man. He would crack down on us. We were like 22 years old. I mean, 21 years old. Some of us were were babies, you know, coming out of college. And half the band was literally about that age. And he had some other guys that were a little bit older. And then a third of the band didn't have any big band experience anyway to begin with. And, And some of the guys in the band didn't even read music. So, like, to, to operate in that thing, he was cracking down hard on us because his career was all on the, it was on the table, you know, like he, yep. he, it's this moment that, that, that was there for him. If he was going to make it, he had to have a, a band <laughs> sound good. And we sure, didn't, sure. we didn't sound good a lot of times in those early days. And he fixed that quickly. And, you know, sometimes when you have to fix stuff like that, you don't, you can't do it in a nice way. And that's that's just how it is. We had some tough, tough, tough after show uh, meetings. You know, I don't think there's any secrecy about that. It's just uh, that's and looking back on it, he did what he had to do to get us all lined up. And you know what? I I learned so much discipline from him. I I have so much respect for him and uh, we still stay in touch. I'm not I'm not with the band anymore. We left uh, after 16 years. We left Craig and I left to do Bonorama full time. Right. And, uh, you know, it was, it's been, it's been great. I stay in touch with him and everything's, everything's cool, but he's, he's a badass dude, man. Well, good deal. Good deal. I'm glad that was a good experience for you. 
Um, so, so after those 16 years, so you decide to start Bonorama and, uh, yeah, you know, for, for those that don't know uh, you were saying, it's, uh, start off with a bunch of trombone players, but, but for a long time, it's been the three trombones, uh, either tuba or bass and then guitar and drum. So it's kind of a rock band with uh, a bunch of horn players and you guys will do, like kind of what you were talking about with with the 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 rum boogie band i mean mm -hmm. in terms of playing like uh you know led zeppelin repertoire or uh, black sabbath you know it's uh you'll but you'll uh part all that out with with trombones and, yeah uh, that's fun man yeah yeah no and and it's it's uh people love it and it's 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 something different you know it's a uh, you know, people have never seen a band like that. And I was watching you guys doing a, a, a version of uh, Frankenstein, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. It's it's cool, man. You guys cover cover a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of groovy, hard rock material. Now, you've had some incredible people go through the band. You know, one guy, uh, Steve Souter, you know, was a guy that I was at Loyola with. Um, he was one of the, one of the early guys, but also you had Brian O'Neill. Yeah. Great trombone player. And, you know, Brian, uh, I knew Brian from being in the, uh, Luther Kent and trick bag yeah. band, yeah. which now were, when you were in school, were, were you, st were you still seeing that band, uh, play? Cause uh, you know, that was an incredible horn band. An with incredible horn band. They, yeah. I'd go sneak into Storyville whenever I could, uh, to see them play, you know? Uh, and, and most of the guys oh, on that God. band had come off of the Wayne Cochran band and exactly. had the, they had the same arranger. It was Charlie Brent, was Charlie the, Brent the, the writer on, on both of those bands. So, uh, that's that's that guy you know it's such a shame that you know more people don't know about the genius of charlie brent man because like he's to me as a horn arranger he's up there on the pedestal with wardell cusare alan toussaint as an as a horn arranger yeah um and charlie brent and you know and it, 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 those guys you know charlie charlie was amazing he was just like the secret weapon, you know. He would just stand back there, <laughs> play killer rhythm guitar all night long. I played in a band with him at Storyville. That was like a they called it Funksy Land. It was like it was a Dixie Land like traditional jazz or Dixie Land kind of band, but it was with a funk rhythm section with John Thomasy from Luther's band, mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Brent on bass. Um, okay. Oh man, and then like you know, traditional horn guys up front and, and I was in college doing that, but just to be around Charlie and, and listen to <laughs> stories that he had of ghostwriting in LA back in the day, you know, for Johnny quest TV show, all, I mean, all the serious stuff that he used to kind of ghostwrite for. Um, he, he was a brilliant, brilliant dude, but that, yeah, that whole Luther Kent catalog, that, that book is that thing. That's a serious, serious band, man. That was so much fun to go listen to. Yep. Yeah, man, Charlie. Charlie was like, uh, like some, like the Stan Kenton band. Yeah, uh, you know, but but playing uh, R and B material with, right. a, with a with with R and B rhythm section. That's a great way to put it. No, it's incredible, man. So uh, so yeah, you've you've you know that was a tremendous loss. You know, Brian, <laughs> a very early age. I mean, we're we're all older than than he was when he passed away. Now, yeah, that's yeah. right. He was only fifty one. He and uh, that that was a such a shock you know because um we, we were just so happy to have brian in the band when i asked brian if he wanted to 
be involved and maybe play a couple local gigs. You know, he was all excited about it and, and was all about it. And then when I said, well, we're kind of looking to ex- expand and start traveling out of town. I mean, I know you've been doing that. You've done that. You've been there, done that. You know, he's, he's like, I'm in, man. I'm in. <laughs> and so. How did he die? Man, he had a heart attack. He was playing a show at the uh, trade, the trademark up near the, I guess the Plimsaw Club uh, up, up near the top of the, the trademark. And this is after Katrina. This was like December 15th, uh, 2005, I want to say. And he was playing a solo piano gig and just, and just had a heart attack right there and, and, and died pretty much right on the spot as I understood it. So, right. uh, so sudden and nobody saw it coming. And, uh, I was in Chicago doing something, uh, doing something else outside of the band. And I got a phone call from Craig Klein and I remember, I'll never forget where I was. And, you know, when you hear news like that about somebody that's close to you, that, you just don't expect, you know, it just sure. kind of rips your head out. You know, you're just like, man, what the hell? So, yeah, no, nobody saw that coming. Wow. We always think about Brian. I mean, it's like almost every show, you know, he, he, I mean, he just established a standard like with the band, you know, cause like he was such a badass dude, <laughs> a player, you know, like anything he would play, he played, he played these ridiculous solos on the bass trombone. You're not supposed to be able to play anything on the bass trombone except like <laughs> long notes, you know, maybe like, right. you know, some classical music. But man, he would play these ferocious solos on the bass trombone and just a brilliant musician and, and a ranger in his own right, writer. And uh, uh, so he established that. And when he was gone, you know, he left that with us. He was like, okay, <laughs> quietly, you know, this is the benchmark, guys. Don't fuck it up, you know. And that's always there. That's it's always there. Yeah, it's a great legacy, man, uh, to uh, to be carrying yeah. forward there. Well, Manny, I'm looking at my drink, and it, it seems like a good time <laughs> to to, uh, to refill our cocktails, don't you think? Yeah, I, uh, termites are swarming, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna do the same thing. But I'm, it's gonna take me. Uh, it's, I'm in total darkness right now. I'm gonna use my flashlight. We'll be back, troubled nation. We'll be back in one minute. Back with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman. Back with our guest, Mr. 
Mark Mullins. Now, Mark, um, I know you haven't heard a lot of uh, of these Troubled Men podcasts. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we're winning you winning you over. You're going to be a either of I, Mark. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't feel bad, but uh, but uh, Manny, why don't you go ahead and tell Mark about this terrific uh, sponsor that we have? Mark, do you like marijuana? Well, I'm one of the uh, only have guys you ever liked no. marijuana. Yeah, when I was 12. Yeah. Answer me, Mark. Oh, well, well, moving on. Uh, we, we don't need any admissions here, but let's get to the product. Uh, all right. Well, all right, Mark, um, I'm going to tell you about the Velo Bar. Yes. The Velo Bar is a healthy, healthy protein bar that will fill you up and calm you down. It's a plant-based protein bar from healthy superfood ingredients like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, and chia seeds. And the best thing is that it has 25 milligrams of CBD per bar. Hmm. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, man. And right now, Mark, if you go to VelobarCBD.com to make an order, you'll get 50% off, 15% off your order by using the discount code TROUBLEMAN15. But at the same time, there's another great par- product that's uh, re- related to the Velo Bar, oh, yeah. and that's the Grade 8 Cookie. Yep. The Grade 8 Cookie, Renee. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. we'd love the Grade oh, yeah. 8 the, Cookie. The, 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 the Great Escape Cookie, yes. Uh, and I, yes. we actually had a, a note from the, uh, from the manufacturer to say that they actually had discontinued the 100-milligram Grade eight cookie because it was it was uh, too strong. It was, strong. <laughs> it was too strong oh, for people. Yeah, yeah. I did not hear that. I yeah, did yeah, not yeah. hear that. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 rolling it back to just the twenty five or fifty milligram uh, dosages. So you know you can always double up on them if if you feel like the hundred milligrams is, is well. Right for maybe you, maybe the nation was getting too greedy and not having enough milk with their cookie. Maybe maybe well we have. Because I need milk with my cookie. Right right well that. Helps it go down. Well, just to, to make a distinction between the uh, the Velo bars and the, and the Great Escape cookies is, uh, you know, the, the Velo bars have CBD, but the Great Escape cookies have Delta 9 THC. That's so, my question yes. right there. That's You just answered it. I was going to So say. watch out, people. Yeah, yeah. So the Great Escape cookies get you high. It's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's legal in 42 states um, for now. We're not sure how long this will last, but uh, you can ship it to all these 42 states. 21 and older because uh and it's only for adults but uh but yes it gets you high it's a it's a body high it's kind of like weed and uh yeah it's, a, it's people so it's digging it. it's delta nine or it's delta eight is it's it delta, delta eight because it's yeah. made from hemp. Yeah. it's made from cbd That's right. but it's, okay it's like it's maybe like one uh i don't know hydrogen molecule away it's, from yeah delta the molecule nine. breakdown's it's, different yeah they change yes, it's, it. and it's so it's they, an analog it, an analog of yeah. delta nine but yes yeah. It gets well you yeah and so so then so everyone go out to the velobarcbd.com and you can order the velobar or you can order the cookies whatever you want and put in the troubled when uh, promo codes, you'll get 15% off and free shipping. And I'll tell you, man, these cookies are good, man. They're yes, really good. Yes. And you, get you, them while you can. Get right. them while you can. Right. And all those links will be in the uh, the show notes of, of the podcast yeah. or, uh, you know, it's, it's e- easy yeah. to find them. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. And uh, I don't know what else to say. We, we've been talking about this for years now. 
It's a great product. Both of the Velo Bar and the Great, great Escape Cookies are great products, and we're so happy to be associated with them. Yes. So get out there and share it. Share it with your friends, people. Tell, tell the whole world about it because um, it's a great product. And I'm, I'm very proud to be associated with this product, uh, you know, because I'm not proud of much. Right, right, right. Well, and, uh, and for all you uh, people that want to support the uh, Troubled Men podcast directly, you know, you can uh, uh, jump on that PayPal link, you know. And, and also, uh, Manny, we've been talking about our new uh, Patreon page. And, uh, you know, we, have, we had our first uh, patron sign up, so we're, we're, we're hoping, you know, we have many devoted listeners that listen every week. They've listened to all the episodes. And some people have, uh, have helped to support the podcast, the uh, operating costs, and uh, many have not. So, uh, you know, this is a, another opportunity to, for people to get involved and, uh, you know, uh, uh, keep, us, keep us rolling down the road with that uh, patreon.com slash troubled men link or the, uh, the PayPal link. You know, as people, are, people understand now, the, especially with the uh, virtual concerts, you know, they, they watch something and they, they, they throw a little something in the bucket. So that's, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. They're, they're used to doing that now, and uh, it's, it's going to keep, uh, keep us producing these terrific products with great guests like our guest tonight, Mr. Mark Mullins. Hey, now. Mark, we, we were talking about your, your, your great band that you started with Craig Klein, Bonarama, and, uh, but you, you have a whole other uh, career, a side career, not a, a parallel career, as a uh, horn arranger and, and uh, leading the, the levy horn section. Mm-hmm. And you, you've, you've uh, been involved with a lot of these uh, Blackbird Presents uh, shows. Uh, that Don was the great Don was is often the music director for these, maybe always. But uh, the the last waltz tour you were you were on, right? It's unbelievable. It's it's such an incredible opportunity, man. And and um, Keith Wartman, who who puts these on with Blackbird Presents, and he pu- he builds this amazing team of people behind the scenes and people on the stage, and he's he's just able to put these magical shows together and. and He's asked me to do horns for him, and this started back in 2014. I think was the fir- was one of the first ones with the the mojo of Dr. John at the Sanger, um, big Dr. John tribute show. Yeah, that was all great, sorts man. of guests, and that was it was just during Jazz Fest at the Sanger, and you know we rehearse all week. I got to meet Don was you know super super nice guy. Met all these folks involved, and and then show day it's like it's not just uh it's not just john fogarty it's not just you know dr john and all these other guests bruce springsteen's gonna come by and start the show like we just okay. learned that like just hours before the the, <laughs> the show was gonna start and he was gonna sing right place wrong time you know so i'm in the band dressing room with john grow like downstairs and 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 don was is like on the other side of the band dressing room and we're just kind of I don't know, snacking or whatever, just, just getting ready. I'm finishing some arrangements <laughs> and stuff. And then this guy walks in dressed all in black. And I'm like, I glance over and I look back and I'm like, Oh, that's fucking Bruce Springsteen. Wow. He just like walks in the room. He goes over and sits next to, next to, next to Don and, and they rehearse right place, wrong time. Like literally 20 minutes before, before the show time. And, and, uh, 
didn't get to really talk to him, but I heard him rehearse the whole thing <laughs> right there. And it was, it was so freaking cool, you know? And then, and we get out on the stage, curtains down, big moment. We're about to start, you know, and kind of looking around, looking at the horns, you know, it's Chris Royal and Bobby Campo on trumpet and, uh, man, just a great, great, great band, uh, on a stage, some, a lot of new Orleans guys, but then I look at the front and there's, you know, Bruce Springsteen front center, like curtains, right? Like 20 feet in front of me, curtains about to go up. It's like, this is unbelievable. It's going to be so much fun. And, uh, it was a pretty exciting moment, man. And it, it, but we've done, a, we've done a lot of shows with, with them they, and they put together tribute shows for, with Leonard Skinner, uh, Mavis Staples. And like, right. I think you mentioned Merle, the tribute to Merle Haggard. This was a year after he passed away. Um, Keith Richards came to that one. And so, nice. so they have me, they have me arrange stuff. They have me arrange the horn parts and they give me free reign. They're like, Don is like, Mark, whatever you want to write. It's sounds great. You know, just uh, <laughs> whatever you want to do, because a lot of stuff that I'm writing to doesn't have horns on it. Going back to the room boogie thing, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's the same school I went to for that, you know, it's, and it's, and it's a lot of the same trombone school stuff that I went to Loyola for, you know, and I'm getting to, put all this stuff together it's just kind of it's kind of wonderful man but uh, I'm, I'm i'm writing these arrangements and i'm thinking holy shit i mean this is going to be i mean it's a small part of the band it's a very 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 small part of the whole musical thing but i'm getting to like arrange for springsteen and merle you know uh mavis staples and skinner guys and all that and it's 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 very very exciting and and, and what don was as a music director and that's a very yeah. you know, very uh uh rarefied uh level of the music business that you're that you're operating exactly right there. And, 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 the, and and it's such a lesson man to see the way he operates because he's 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 produced like anybody everybody you know he's right. he's just like just genius producer and he's like the nicest guy that you'll ever ever come across and uh yep that's what i the hear. way he gets results you know he gets results but it's just he gets results without saying hardly anything it's very uh, magical <laughs> it's very interesting to see how he does it you know but really really good things but Terrence Higgins was was a former guest of ours, and he's on a lot of those those shows uh, with you, I imagine. Yeah, he was he was talking about Don in the same kind of terms, you know, saying, "Yeah, at that level, those guys, you know, are super nice and super down to earth." And uh, yeah, I guess nobody has to be an asshole, you know. <laughs> it, it's it's so true. It's 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 so true, man. I I, <laughs> I try to walk with that as much as I can every day because I I learn so much being around being around any of those guys to see, to see how they operate. But no, that, that's been, that's been an amazing thing. Michael McDonald um, was also involved in a lot of these in, in the last waltz, the, the last waltz show. And uh, gosh, and y'all were supposed to guy. go out and, and do a whole tour of that last waltz thing when, when COVID hit, right? That's, there was yeah. a, whole, a whole tour booked. Yeah, we did. We did. We, Michael we had, McDonald we, from yeah. the Doobie brothers. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I hate him. He's the yeah. worst. He's a great no, I love oh Michael God, Martin, he's man. like he's like Aaron <laughs> Neville's voice to me. Oh, no. oh, no. Well, Michael McDonald's one of those guys that can be like ten singers, and he can be one of them in the section, and you can hear him. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, that's right. And I, I don't want to hear him. He's the worst. No, no, no. <laughs> 
No, well, uh, yeah, God, no, who like? I don't know. I, why would you like Maka McDonald? I mean, he's he's, <laughs> he's an amazing. He brought the singer. Doobie Brothers down. I mean, he no, made no, them. Fact, he, yeah, no, they no, were really no, good no, until he joined the band. <laughs> no, he was one of the big hit makers for the for the. Yeah, Doobie I know. Yeah, yeah, but they were really cool until he became part of the band. And they made huge hits. Uh, he's yes. awful. Maybe I can't stand my like yeah. maybe, maybe you don't. But uh, yeah, no. I'm, no, I'm I don't. No, maybe I don't. No, I don't. Man, I, I don't <laughs> we, like we, Michael we get, McDonald. No, we, we got that, man. We got that. It's part. too much. Too much yacht rock channel. But uh, he's really got. He's really got. Um, an amazing, <laughs> like I need to even say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, we, we don't need to defend dude. Michael McDonald, right? He was in. St- he, he sang on on uh, Asia. He's on. He's on the on the Steely Dan Asia record. So you know, it's like this is almost no weak links. There's no weak links on that record. So uh, uh, anyway. you, you guys, uh, Wayne Shorter. Wayne Shorter was a weak link, maybe. Yeah, you guys uh, accept your com- <laughs> you guys can accept your compromise, whatever. That's good. That's cool, Manny. Um, well, actually, you wound up playing on. Uh, well, uh, I know there's a, a song that you wrote that's a Mark Mullins composition that was a tribute to uh, Alan Toussaint, "Empty World," and yeah. you got you got Michael McDonald to sing on that, right? Oh, I did, Michael. <laughs> <God>, really, <laughs> Alan Toussaint tribute record? You got Michael McDonald to sing on it? Jesus. <laughs> It sounds no. like the worst record ever. No, no, it <laughs> God, not so much. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael That's asked me to do something for for one of his for one of his records. What a fool believes, I guess. Right? Yeah. What a fool believes, Renee. That's a good you single, Michael man. Michael McDonald to sing on your songs. No, that, no, that's that's a that's a that's a solid single right there, man. Yeah, anyway. I know, and you believe it. Who do you like, yeah. Manny? Who do you like? Uh, who do I like? I yeah, like, who do you like? Uh, I like uh, Keith Richards solo records. Oh, we like those. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, Madonna's 1988 records. Not sure about that one. Yeah, and I like Blondie. Okay, oh, well, we like keep Bob going, Blondie. And <laughs> I like uh, uh, what's that porno star? Uh, what's her name? Tracy Lords, I like Tracy Lords. Right. As a singer, as yeah, a recording like artist, all... right, no. right on, like a moaner, okay. like a moaning, moaning. Yeah, right, or right. Michael McDonald, well, God, uh, it's okay. like Getty Lee, or you know, no, or Aaron no, no, Neville. No. It's the worst. Anyway, again, there's it's no the accounting worst. for taste. Uh, okay, no, we get that, Manny. Um, <laughs> but uh, so moving on, uh, Mark, to uh, to other. Uh, people you've worked with uh maceo parker from uh from uh, yeah. james brown's band and from uh parliament funkadelic so you, i did yeah. drugs with maceo parker okay well, in 1981 uh, i did i did some coke with maceo parker right on well mark made a, a record with him that just came out in uh last year so tell us about that how did you wind up on maceo parker's record that was cool um i got called i think through an association with Don was possibly, if I recall right, uh, Eli, the producer for that record, for the Maceo record, called me and asked me if I would do some horns uh, in New Orleans for a session. This is like right before the lockdown, you know, right before all the COVID stuff. So mm-hmm. we recorded here in New Orleans. And I've got to say, man, I, I'm not sure how old Maceo is right now, but he came in just kind of blowing his sax. He was just kind of warming up and playing and just messing around. 
in the studio and he sounded damn amazing. He sounded so strong. He sounded like he was probably in his thirties, you know? Yeah. And, uh, the record was great. It, it was fun. It was fun recording it. Ivan Neville and, uh, gosh, Nikki on drums. Um, it was it was a great band, uh, and where'd y'all record that? A lot of fun to do it. We did it at Goat Studio in in. Oh really? Yeah, was it in the ninth house Ward? of one thousand hertz? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Got to get Goat on the on the podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that spot, man. The vibe it all starts with the vibe. It's a it's a great great room, and we had a, we had a good time there. I think the record did very well, from what I heard. Uh, yeah, man, it's a terrific but, record. Good, good stuff. Really nice. good stuff. Did you make any money from it? I did, yeah. Good. Right on, right on. Well, going down the, the list of other artists you've worked with, you know, it's, uh, well, I, I've, I've seen you play with uh, Better Than Ezra. You know, you're, you're one of those guys that, uh, you know, bands that don't have horns, if they, like, play a House of Blues show or a Jazz Fest show and they decide, you know, yeah. well, let's get some horns you're one of the first people it seems like is always on the gig. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe before, maybe not so much nowadays. I don't know. I'm, it seems like I'm out. People think I'm, I'm traveling all the time. And so, you know, and I am a lot, but well, God, these days, not so much at all, but, uh, but that was fun doing stuff with them. Those guys are good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, I like, yeah. I like their songs. I like Kevin's songs a lot and, and what they do, you know, but it's been a while since I played with them. Right, but you played on a bunch of their records, and and I've I've seen you in in you know a number of shows, uh, backing them up with the horn section. Yep, yep. And man, I, you mentioned the iguanas thing I did with you guys. That was that was so much fun. Uh, man, you were and you played so well on that record, Mark. And that was that was a time when uh, you know the the saxophone players were already kind of at each other's throats. So. <laughs> Um, you know, we, you were kind of brought in, uh, you know, it's like you had the effect of like a, uh, you know, like the, the, the other guy that comes in that everyone is on their best behavior cause they don't want to, uh, fight in front of, you know, oh, wow, so I had no idea. Very, That's funny. very calming influence and you, and you threw up some, some beautiful third parts that, that I, I love the way those horn parts sound on that record, man. Oh man. That's a, that, it's a great that, record. And that was Keith Keller's studio, wasn't it? Keith Keller's, yeah, I was I was the producer on it. Sugartown was the the name of that record, our fourth record. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's a good one. I got to revisit that. That's that's that was that was good stuff. It's funny, man. I'll hear. I, I never listen to that stuff, but then I'll be at a gig and somebody, the sound man, will have something on. It's like, God damn, those records sound good, man. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Uh, I'm 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 always pleasantly surprised. Well, and then. Uh, you know, I guess your reputation is such that you've wound up on all these other, like Tori, Tori Amos records have played on a few of those. Yeah. And, and that's, that's hinging on one thing I did want to touch on is, is mm -hmm. the connection with the Tori Amos thing is George Porter Jr. And I, I started, I met George in 1989. John Otan introduced me to George right after he got out of rehab. And he said, George is going to need some horn arrangements for for some stuff and and he plugged me in with george and i became a member of the running partners right there uh nice and it was it was unbelievable man george george is like a whole nother school you know we talk about going to loyola we talking about the rum boogie school but then the george porter school you know like of of learning about music and all the history he has and right. trying to learn from that 
and learn from how he does stuff nowadays. Did you sleep with Tori Amos? Because I've had a thing for her for years. I sat on the couch with her. She had to explain something in a song to me in the studio, and she said, come sit down here. And I'm like, wow, that's I'm a pretty lucky guy at the moment. She's kind of sexy to me, if I remember her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got that yeah. vibe for sure. But she's uh So you man, didn't fuck her? She, no, I didn't. No. Uh, no, man. I think her husband was producing the thing and I was married at the yeah, time anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Who is her husband? Famous Amos? Uh no, no. <laughs> a, diff- I don't, a different guy. Don't think different so, man. <laughs> different guy. <laughs> Maybe well, less than famous. Right, right. It's more of a behind the scenes, Amos. Uh, yeah. But anyway, George, George, the whole George connection, George, George was playing bass with her um, on this record. Right. And he plugged basically the the running partner horns, or plus, plus I think we had Matt Perrine on, on sousaphone, I believe, on that. Uh, okay. And so that was fun. That, 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 was, that was cool. She's, she was great. She was yeah, totally man. focused and, you know, musically she's – very in control of what she's doing and she knows exactly what she wants and how, how she wants it to sound. She's not, she's not some dumb singer, you know, she's, she's a freaking serious, serious musician. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we've had so many guests on talk who have come through the, the George Porter, uh, you know, school, like, uh, again, Terrence Higgins, uh, you know, John grow, you know, on and on, man. That's, uh, yeah, it's a, a real institution there. Um, mm-hmm. well, you know, uh, to, speaking about well, yeah, you've you've played on a bunch of uh, you know John Grow records and and uh, Doctor John records, and another one came up is John Langford. You played on a couple of John Langford records, so that's wow. Do you know? Do you know him? I, yeah, yeah, I do know John. I mean, not not super well, but yeah, well, yeah, I know John, and I certainly know his work. Uh, but that's that's a little bit of a left field call i wouldn't i wouldn't have predicted that you played on two john langford records it it it, that is a left field call we we did some of these uh uh artist relief shows i want to say right after katrina and he was involved in some of these artist retreats um to help raise money and awareness for displaced musicians in new orleans and uh-huh. he was one of the guys. And so every time we'd go through Chicago and go through up that, that way, he's like, Hey, I got a couple songs where I got a song. I want y'all to record on the Bonorama horns. If, if y'all want to stop by and come by one day before your gig, you know, and we would do that from time to time. And just a sweetheart of a guy, man. And yeah, really, you know, an outlier maybe of an artist that, that a lot of people might not have on their radar, but he's got some, some great, great albums out and i, I oh, think yeah. he's a very uh well you know artist with a lot of integrity man i think he's a great dude yeah and a long career he likes to drink he likes he likes a he likes to have a drink and uh, oh yeah he's a, oh yeah he's a good time guy yeah yeah he's a good artist too good visual artist actually it's he's uh oh wow i didn't know that yeah some work of his hang down at uh at uh gallery lemieux there on uh, on uh, camp street yeah yeah he's, uh, oh, he's wow. I've, I've seen whole shows of of his uh his artwork yeah he's a talented uh-huh. talented guy well another band that uh rock band that you had a close association with and you haven't heard about these guys lately but they had a, a big hit a number of years ago okay go and then you had a yeah you guys did a bunch of stuff with them how, how did that wind up happening same thing that artist retreat um 
that we did a series of these artist retreats that would that would happen after New Orleans, uh, at, after Katrina in New Orleans. We would we would have, and they Damien was one of the guys, Damien Kulash from OK Go, the front guy. He was one of the guys that would be involved in some of these, and I remember vividly meeting him for the first time. Well, he sent a bunch of songs before we got together that we would do with this thing. And I arranged all of them and Bonorama was pretty much the house band behind him. Our plane was late coming back from California and we, <laughs> we, we didn't get to make sound check. And we basically had to hit the gig cold without any rehearsal with Damien in front of everybody. Mm. This is at Tipitina's and it went as perfectly as I could ever I, I can't. I can't believe how well it went. I mean, it just it just went well. It went really, really good. Um, and we stayed in touch. And he he wanted to do uh, he wanted to do an album with us to to raise money to get Al Carnival Time Johnson back in his house in the Ninth Ward. And so we did this album called "You Were Not Alone," named after the David Bowie cover, uh, which was on that record as well. And wound up getting uh, getting helping get Al Carnival Tom Johnson back in his house, you know, from the funds that, that, that record uh, brought in. Uh, but Damien was great, man. They, that's another guy, hard, hard working dude, you know, a lot of integrity, great musician and works, works his ass off on that band, you know, on, on okay go. They, they had the, the big famous YouTube videos where they would get like, 18 million views or whatever on, on because their YouTube uh, videos for their songs are so compelling and so complex. Right. Right. Very choreographed as one They're They're on like uh, uh treadmills or something. It's a whole, yeah. whole, whole thing. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like it's, all it's, the one shot, you know, kind of a thing like one, like one continuous shoot where they, all this amazing stuff happens over the course of a song. But, but um, right. Right. Good dudes though. Good. Definitely good dudes. Nice, nice. Well, moving on to to uh, last couple of of, uh, of points because we we are kind of uh, on the downslope of the podcast here. But but uh, you know you you played on that first Galactic record, uh, uh, Cooling Off, and uh, so also on that record is Eric Traub. You know the great Eric Traub, <laughs> uh, an- another dearly departed uh, giant of New Orleans music. So you must have known Eric pretty well, huh? Eric and I played in Smiling Myron for a long time. This is a, a band that a lot of people might not have on their radar. A couple Tulane guys, uh, man, Sam Hotchkiss and Andrea Sargenti and Tim Garisco, the late Tim Garisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they, I guess they found me through George Porter Jr. Maybe, and and I got involved with the horns with with that band. And Eric was was the sax player, and Eric and I. Oh man, we had so many great gigs at the Maple Leaf together. I never, never, just great memories, you know, standing next to Eric and coming up with horn parts with just me and Eric, two piece horn section. Really great dude. Eric would have Maynard Ferguson big band stories out the butt, man, all day long. He would have, you know, he was just the old school tenor sax guy that was cool, that could, that could play his ass off, that was fun to be around. And, I, I would use him on sessions from time to time. If I got stuff, I think there was a Cheryl Crow session that came into town at Kingsway that I got a call for. And I'm like, Eric, you want to do this? He's like, I'd love to do it. <laughs> and, and 
he was just great to work with great guy to hang out with yeah great sound incredible soloist you know great sound yeah Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like like you said, the history, man. A guy who had been on the buses uh, of all those those big bands yeah. for years, man. Yeah. He did it. He did all that. And I learned a lot from him, man. He was he was just a great player and, and, and had so so many stories to share, you know, just about being being out on the road with Maynard and how that was, you know. But uh Right. Miss Miss Eric quite a bit, man. Yeah, well, you know these these guys that that are gone. I can't have them on the podcast, so I have to have them on. Uh, you know, I have to get somebody who can talk about them. <laughs> to, yeah. To uh, you know, because because you know, if 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 uh, if, if we're people are still you know talking about your your you know have memories of you, you're, you're still alive in a sense. You know. That's, oh yeah, uh, man. And you know, he's he's a great one. His 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 music will live on forever, and you know, all these the the recordings he did. Well, so. Mark, uh, you, you know, the gigs are opening up again. I saw that uh, Bonarama has uh, has some live gigs uh, booked. You guys played uh, played Baton Rouge, and I guess you have a Tipitina's gig coming up or something. Yeah, we got a Howlin' Wolf gig on the May twenty right, May twenty right. second at the Howlin' Wolf. Yep, and that's our first New Orleans show, really in fourteen months. You know, we we did uh, we did something in Metairie a couple weeks ago at the gates of prayer synagogue they had like a little small covid friendly festival you know that they did uh uh, out there we did that but we haven't played in the city we haven't played a venue yet you know so Mm -hmm. we're going to do that at the howlin wolf on may 22nd tickets are on sale now and we're looking forward to that man we're we're just everybody you know everyone's excited to to get back we just hope everything moves forward for for october man Right, right. All the festival season, yes. Again, thank you so much, Mark. You've been a terrific guest. And uh, Manny, uh, as always, on the Trouble Bend podcast, we like to say, trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. Good night. Good night. <laughs>